What a praise team. Aren't we blessed? We really are. Amen. God says in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God reminds us in that passage that we cannot rely on our thoughts, our attitudes, our knowledge, nor the things that the world would present to our minds and our ears and to our touch as a guide to how we're to live and what we're to do. We cannot look within ourselves and find truth. We can only look to God and find truth. We cannot look in the world's systems and find truth. We can only find truth in the Word of God. And His Word is given that we may know truth, that we may know direction, and we may understand His will for our lives. Many of you, if not most of you, just went through the ministry fair of this church that was held in the fellowship hall. Matter of fact, the turnout was absolutely overwhelming from the number of people that we're having in attendance right now as we are trying to get through this terrible thing. I don't even like to hear the term anymore of COVID. But, you know, we're still struggling with that. We, we thought we had escaped some of that. And as you know, we've had staff members this past week uh, to have tested positive to COVID and have stayed home and we still work, some of us, in the office, but the office was closed as far as the public and others getting in, but we still tried to man the office and get ministry done. But as we think about that, I, I think so many times we get so focused on the situations in life, the situations in our world, the obstacles that stand in our way, the difficulties that it is to be able to do ministry, to be able to do what God would ask us to do. And we can get so caught up in our way of thinking. We can get so caught up in the focus that we have <clears throat> on the lives around us, what is told us through the news media and other sources, what is even told us in our educational system. We can get so focused on those things and, and take them into our hearts and lives and live by those things that are external rather than living by the things that are eternal. Rather than searching for the will and the truth of God and relying on His Holy Spirit that is gifted to every believer, you were baptized by the Holy Spirit into the family of God. You were, first of all, convicted by the work of the Holy Spirit to receive Christ as your Savior. When you were saved, He moved into your life and He lives within you, there within every Christian to give us guidance, to give us understanding, to give us peace, to help us have knowledge according to the Word of God and to walk in God's way. He gives us the power to do that. But yet so many times we ignore the greatest influence, positive influence, we ignore the greatest source of knowledge. 
we ignore the greatest power available to us by looking for other things to give us, give us strength, to give us direction, to give us understanding, and decide how we're going to live our lives according to the ways of the world. But God has plainly said that his ways are not the same as the ways of the world. He doesn't do things the way the world would do them. And if we get caught up in doing the things the, that we do in the ways of the world would teach us and give us instruction and give us examples, then we'll wind up missing the greatest blessings and the greatest joy that we could ever know by doing what God instructs us to do, empowers us to do, and speaks to our hearts and minds about that we should do. And so many times we fall short of that. God's ways demonstrate the power of God at work in the life of every individual, every believer. From God's perspective, if you think about it, the truth of Jesus Christ is the filter for everything presented as truth. If it does not agree with Jesus, it's not truth. If it does not agree, agree with the teachings of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the, the personality of who Jesus is, if it doesn't agree with the one that you received into your heart and your life as Lord and Savior, then it is not of God and it's contrary to the will of God. God's ways provide his people everything that is available from God so that we can live like he wants us to. He provides us his wisdom. He provides us his power in living in us. He provides us grace even when our humanity causes us to do contrary to what he would have us to do. His grace is sufficient even in those times. Aren't you thankful? He provides with, for us patience, even though we're not people of patience by our own attitudes, but his Holy Spirit working in us gives us patience, and he gives us provisions. He makes us able to do what he calls us to do. He makes us able to carry on as he would have us to live our lives and to minister to others and to bring glory to his name. It is only through the power of God, it is only through the indwelling Holy Spirit, it is only through a personal knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that anybody is able to live above the circumstances of life and above the things and the teachings and the ways of the world. It is a God thing. One of the most absurd military tactics ever recorded anywhere is found in the sixth chapter of the book of Joshua. You remember that, don't you? Joshua is now leading the children of Israel. They've wandered for 40 years in the wilderness under Moses' leadership. Moses is dead. He's gone. Joshua's in charge. And they're getting ready to conquer this land God had promised their forefathers. And they saw this mighty fortress of a city called Jericho. And they just didn't know how in the world they were going to gain entrance into that promised land and to take over that mighty city. 
And God provided a plan. He says, I want you to march around the city, outside the wall, around the city, one time a day for six days. Now, that doesn't make a bit of sense to this world. But they did what God told them to do. He says, now, on the seventh day, I want you to march around the city seven times. So all these Israelites out there marching around the city one time each day for six days, and on the seventh day, they march seven times. He says, when you hear the, the trumpet sound, shout. And that's what they did. And without ever raising a finger, without ever drawing a sword, without ever throwing a spear, without even a tank or an airplane, the walls of the city of Jericho came tumbling down, destroyed many, sent them in, into terrible chaos, and the Israelites were able to take that city and win the victory. And if you had, had, had told them in advance that God's going to do this, this is not going to work, they'd have stayed on the other side of the River Jordan. But they had learned through crossing. This has just taken place. They had just crossed the River Jordan. And God says, I'm going to provide a way. You step into that, that river at flood level, and you step up there as the priests lead the way, and the ones carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and when their feet hit the water, the water stood still and was dammed up of its own self and gave them dry land to walk through the River Jordan in flood stage on dry land to the other side. They had just experienced the power of God. They had just experienced the miracle of God. They had just experienced the will of God. And then Joshua says, this is what God told us to do. So they were caught at a very important time. Important time. This morning, you're caught at a very important time. This morning, you are in an important spot and a, an important period in your life. You have just finished Bible study with your Sunday school class. You have just gone to the ministry team of fair. And you've seen all of the ministries that God has placed on this church in all of the ways that he has called upon us to serve both in the church and in the community and even around the world. You've seen all of those ministries that are presented through those ministry fair tables and posters, and I, I hope you went through there, and you were given an opportunity to sign up to be a part of a ministry team. I, I was stood at the men's ministry team and the outreach ministry team. I completely ran out of cards, borrowed from somebody else, and then started we having to write several different things on the back of people's cards as you came through, as God worked in such a wonderful way. And as I stood there for the ministry team, not even having leadership in place yet, but just saying, we're going to have that, and out of this group that signs up will come the leadership. And we're going to have a men's ministry here that's going to be vital and active and important to every man in the church. I, I, I was overwhelmed by the number of people, even our teenage boys signing up to be a part of the ministry team, to, to meet and to, to grow and let iron sharpen iron and, and to get more in tune with God's will for their lives. 
other ministry teams. You had folks to come up and sign up. Some of that you would never would have dreamed would have come to your table and said, I want to sign up. You're at a very important moment right now. I trust you signed up as you were seeking your own heart as to what God would have you to do and how you could serve in the ministries of this church. Now you come to worship, and God says, my ways are not your ways. My ways are far above your ways. Nobody made up ministry. God planted those ministries in his word of serving tables demonstrated in the New Testament church of iron sharpening iron of one man helping another grow and to be spiritually mature. Those things are things that are assigned to us, teaching your children what they should know. Vacation Bible school, already assigned by God's Word that we're to do that. Everything that you had the opportunity to sign up for, God laid it before you. And we just finished that, and you come in here to worship, and the preacher says, God says, my ways are not your ways, and mine are far above your ways. We're to trust him. We're to join in now as a church family. We're to serve in the different places of of work and ministry. And through this ministry team doing what they can to improve upon what's been done in the past and, and what we can do to better minister from outreach down to nursery, everyone can be involved in ministry And God can ignite this church, put us on fire for the glory of God, use our gifts and our talents that he's given, not that we have shaped them up and and wallowed them up and put them in ourselves. He has given us gifts and talents. He has given us a calling. He has given us instructions. He's given us commands. And now we sit as the army of the Lord Jesus Christ at Dalreda Baptist Church, understanding the charge that we have, having gone through the ministry fair, and now it's time to get to work. It's time to do God's will. It's time to be in tune to his ways. The plan that God gave to Joshua would have been considered ridiculous had it come from Joshua. The plan that God had designed, if it had been just Joshua's idea, it would have been ridiculous. And he would have wound up drowning in the River Jordan to begin with. But you see, it came from God, and no one questioned it. God didn't need anybody to march around the walls of Jericho to bring that city to its knees. He didn't need them stomping around up there, blowing a trumpet or shouting from their voices. He didn't need that. But God says, this is what I want you to do, for I'm going to give the victory. I'm going to use you in your ministry. I'm going to deliver the people to you. You do what I say to do. And God has called this church 
and given us instructions right here as to what the church is supposed to be and the ministry that we do under the least of these, he says, and the, and the ministry that we do is brothers and sisters supporting one another and, and growing together, and the ministry that we do to little children, he said, suffer them to come unto me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. And all of these things come together in the Word of God that God has a plan to give us victory. God has a plan to make Dalreda Baptist Church strong, make it victorious, to make it a church that has a loud voice, a church that grows and reaches the community through the ministries of this church. We haven't just been going through the motions over these past few weeks. I've tried to prepare your hearts through the Word of God for what you can do to be a part doing your part. And I've given those challenges every week from the Word of God, not from me. And God has prepared us to use this line that's been used many times for a time such as this. Prepared. Man's perspective it's quite different from God's perspective. We think finances, finances, finances. Jesus says eternity. We think busy schedules every day. Jesus says it's about eternity. We think we need a new car. Jesus says it's about eternity. We think burnout. I'm tired. Jesus says eternity. We think comfort. Make me feel good. Let me settle down and get comfortable. Jesus says it's about Eternity is forever. It's my will. To think in terms of eternity, we have to have the mind of Christ that we're instructed to have in Romans 12. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. This cannot but make a difference when from God's perspective, we look at our ministry involvement, what are we doing? How important is it? How sacrificially are you serving? How are you laying down your life for the kingdom of God? How is it you're walking in obedience day in and day out and you're a servant of the Most High God and of the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself on the cross of Calvary that you might have the forgiveness of sin. His Holy Spirit convicted you of your need of forgiveness for sin and he came into your heart and saved you. You did nothing but receive it for he loves you and provides. And from his perspective, our life is about eternity, not about time. 
Our ministry is about eternity and not for a time. The differences we make in the lives of people when we do the ministries God's called us to and has equipped us to do, it matters in eternity more than in time. He's called us to that kind of ministry. But you see, God did not save us for time, but for eternity. You're going to live forever. When you know Jesus is Lord and Savior, you, uh, you just never die. That's good, isn't it? You say, oh yeah, I've been to a funeral lately. There, there are Christians that die. I'm not talking about this flesh. I'm talking about you. Paul says when you, this flesh dies, you're just absent from the body and present with the Lord. Good gracious. <laughs> That's eternal, isn't it? And coming to Jesus is about eternal things. And being a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is living in eternal matters and working with things that are eternal with a heart and a mind that thinks of eternity forever and forever Church used to sing that old hymn, This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. We need to get our eyes off of being affixed on the things of this world and being fixed on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and his will for our lives and serving him faithfully for everything we do in church ministry is eternal. It affects people eternally. Kingdom ways. The kingdom of God is nothing like the kingdom of this world. This is one of the central truths, really, that Jesus taught systematically all through his earthly ministry. It came up over and over again. He called a few men to follow him. And he spent three and a half years teaching them and molding them and being an example to them and pouring himself and the truth of his word into their lives and into their hearts. And he says, and when I'm gone, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm with you always. Did you hear that? I'm with you always. And he decided he might better say something, or he already knew that, that he would say something beyond that. He says, not through the end of the world, but after that. I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. When that's over with, I'll never leave you. And when you receive Christ, he moved into your heart and your Holy, the Holy Spirit resides in you. He empowers you. He leads you. He teaches you. He wants to use you for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ by your life and your ministry. Jesus often told parables to illustrate the kingdom and how it works. Two parables are about a mustard seed and yeast, both found in Matthew 13. 
He says, he told them this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in the field. Though it is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. And he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. And once baked, it would rise and it becomes bread. Just a little bit of yeast. Just a mustard seed. Can grow and do so much more. One man, one woman can impact an entire community. One single student on a campus can impact that entire campus, whether it is AUM or your high school or your middle school or your elementary school. And then you multiply that if you happen to be a leader, an administrator, or a faculty member in a school, one of the faculty members. The impact that you have in the community is like that little mustard seed or like that yeast. And you can influence, you can impact the entire bowl of dough, if you would, through obedience. This may be difficult for us to understand and to swallow because we've been trained to see things from this world's perspective. But you see, God didn't call us. He didn't save us to just to be seen from the world's perspective. He expects, expects us to be a ministry in the world, to impact our world, to impact our culture. To make a difference in our school and on the campus. To make a difference in our workplace. Whether we're professional or we're laborer. Whatever we do, we're to make a difference. Because one little pinch can impact the whole bowl of flour. We've been talking about ministry teams. I've heard folks say, well, I don't know what I can do. You know better than that. You know better than that. Jesus already told you what you can do. He said, without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. But Paul understood that. And what did Paul give us the truth? I can do how? 
through Christ who strengthens me. And you see, we have to approach ministry. We have to approach church from God's perspective. And we have to understand that we feel so small. That's good. He wants us to feel like that, that we are we're not a personality that draws folks. We're, we're not a person of power. We're not a person with a lot of influence, perhaps. But through being small in our own eyes, we become huge in the Savior's eyes, for it's the one who thinks of themselves as small that God can use. To impact an entire company. To influence a whole neighborhood. To encourage a whole nursing home. To challenge an entire student body. By simply being the pinch of yeast that God can use to change lives. It's time for us to join God what he wants to do in this church this community, and through this church, throughout the world. I want us to see life. I want us to see church ministry. I want us to understand missions from God's perspective, not from ours. We, if we see it from our perspective we consider ourselves insignificant, unable to accomplish anything, not having the strength or the knowledge or the wisdom to be able to lead in any of these things or to do any of these ministries. But we look at it from Jesus' perspective that through him we can do all things and he's called us to missions. He's called us to ministry. He's empowered us to do what he wants us to do. And it's time for us to say, okay, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it in my life, but I'm yours. Yes, he'll say. That's all I want to hear. Yes, I will do it. In your life, I will use you for my glory. You've been called. As, oh, no, 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 no. You're the preacher. You've been called. I've been called to pastor. I don't deny that. Not because I was good at pastoring. <laughs> Not because I was an eloquent speaker, even could stand before folks and talk. I was so bashful, so backward, and, and so forth. Even in high school, I would take a zero before I'd stand in for the, before the class and give a book report orally. But when I said, okay, God, I know what you're telling me to do. 
I can't do it. But I am convinced you can in my life. And you know what? He's been doing it for over 50 years in this old boy's life. Amazing. Overwhelming. There's another song popular yesterday year and I close. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you from all of your uninvolvement, for all of your laziness, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. Don't you want to see that come reality don't you want to see that happen in our church family in our community there's another old hymn it just says this to the work to the work we are servants of God you younger folks never heard that in your life. And the church used to sing, to the work, to the work, we are servants of God. We threw that out. Not because it was an old hymn. We threw it out because we didn't want to be to the work. Let's be about it, okay? Lord Jesus, thank you for the time of worship today. Thank you for the wonderful time of Bible study earlier. And thank you, Lord, for the ministry fair and how our folks just poured out down there and so many filled out cards and be a part of a ministry team. And I trust that through this time of worship, others will say, tell me where I can fit in. Tell me where God wants me. I'll, I'll just join in. Lord, I pray that you'll make us a strong, vibrant, healthy wonderful growing and going church in the days ahead. Lord, there's so many obstacles that would stop us. I'm so tired of hearing the obstacles. I'm sick on my stomach, and I know you are. Lord, we, we just use everything as an obstacle, and we, we need to put that behind us and just say we're going to do what God's called us to do. We're going to follow Jesus. We're going to be faithful. We're going to give of ourselves fully that you may be glorified in our lives and in our church. And Lord, we want to see that happen, not because we deserve it, but because you deserve it, because you desire it, and you can do it. We pray and ask and believe in Jesus' name. Amen.